you by naturopathicearth.com. Here is certified health coach A. Gregory Luna with Confessions of an Obese Child. Hello, everybody. This is A. Gregory Luna. Of course, you can call me Gregory. And welcome back to another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Listen up. It has been about one year since I did episode number one, Why Did I Become Fat?, which is my most downloaded confessions. And we have gone an entire year. I had mentioned in my last MPE episode on Kratom, the herb, that uh, Valentine's Day is approaching. And I believe it was in Confessions number six where I gave my opinion on Valentine's Day. Now, we all know it's a charade, right? But since women have bought into this charade, men have to go along with it and buy the women a bunch of crap. And if a woman doesn't receive crap on that day from her boyfriend slash fiance slash husband, then it's some sort of litmus test that he doesn't love me as much as some other guy that's spending $400 on his women. But if you step back, you realize how freaking ridiculous this whole concept is. Like that we, we have to spend so much money to show how much we love each other. That's why I really respect couples who don't fall for the advertising campaign propelled Valentine's Day who don't get each other anything. Because honestly, in a good relationship, you're buying each other a gift throughout the whole year. So why, why do you need to be told that this is the day? This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has been that this is the day that you got to buy a bunch of crap for somebody. It's just ridiculous. Now, I'm not saying this because I'm currently single and it's bitter single, you know, Gregory Day. No, but I, I thought this when I was married, and I just think it's a total sham day, just like Mother's Day, Father's Day, any day where you're expected to buy gifts. But Valentine's Day is Wednesday, along with the more important day of Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent. For any of you who have a uh, religious bone in your body, especially if you're Orthodox or Catholic or Anglican, one of the old school traditional churches who still practice Lent. But yes, today we're going to talk about something a little sensitive, but you know, confessions, it's all about vulnerability and opening up. I've opened up a lot of, about a lot of things. Before I begin, the website, of course, is Naturopathic Earth. Go check out the first uh, written confessions, the first 11, and check out all the articles that I've written. Go check out MP Radio, of course, if you want more information on toxins and clean eating and, and so forth like that. Go to that. And please go to our Patreon account. Just go www.patreon.com forward slash naturopathic earth and donate a dollar, five dollars or whatever to the maintenance of this website. I would appreciate it. Okay, so let's talk about my weight gain. All right, so I'm sorry if you hear my uh, washing machine or dishwasher in the the background because it is kind of loud here in NPE headquarters, which is AKA my house. And I'm sorry about that. But this is what I want to talk about. Uh, I've gained some weight. I've gained some weight the last least four months. And uh, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. 
Now, since the 20s, coming up 27 years that I've kept my weight off, there were a few times that I gained weight, in particular in 2009, actually 1997 first when I moved up to Alaska. That was only six years after I lost my weight. Uh, I gained some weight that year, probably about 25 pounds, and I lost it pretty quickly once I got to Alaska. But that summer I arrived, I was lonely, didn't know anybody, and I just ate, right? Because you still have the disordered eating, as I've talked about in the previous podcast. Just because you've lost weight from some fluke of God or some luck or whatever, you still don't have healthy, ordered eating. So you're always going to fall to that when you get stressed or lonely. Luckily, I lost that. And then maybe about 10 years after that, my father passed away. And of course, I emotionally ate because of that. And I probably gained about 30 pounds of the 100 that I gained. And, uh, and then, then I lost that weight. And then about uh, three years ago, uh, through the, the end of my divorce, which I've talked about in the previous two or three episodes, I actually lost a lot of weight. And this was around the time that I started embracing paleo and clean eating and doing smoothies and eating dark chocolate. And I don't know what I was doing because I was exercising every day doing the typical calorie in, calorie out. But for some reason, I lost weight. And my weight actually dropped to 150-something. And I'm 6'2", and that is really, really low. Really, really low. And that was in the spring of 2015. Since then, I have gained weight and gone to a healthy weight. But I have gained weight. And uh, I haven't weighed myself because... Going back to my college years, I don't like weighing myself because you get obsessed. But now I need to, I really should weigh myself to get an idea of how much I weigh, to get an idea of how much I've gained and how much I need to lose. Now, in the summer of 2016, I bought a bunch of new clothes that were size 34 and they fit comfortably. Now, those 34s I can fit, but yeah, I probably don't feel comfortable tucking in my shirt. And I've mentioned in previous podcasts how I don't look at myself in the mirror, especially the bloopy, the abdomen fat. And uh, I don't like to look at myself. So really, I, I don't want to know how much I've gained, but I need to curb the eating. I need to curb the eating. So I would estimate that I'm probably 10 pounds overweight from what I used to be, if I had to estimate it, if I had to estimate it. So here, here are the issues that I'm dealing with. I am 44. I've mentioned in previous confessions that I know I'm not going to maintain my weight indefinitely because I still have a certain element, a certain amount of disordered eating. Now, fasting the last three years, I think, has biohacked my metabolism and has helped because not only am I getting all the ancillary benefits of fasting, but you're, you're eliminating a meal. But apparently, uh, the breakfast... So I'm, I'm eliminating the calories that I would have gone from that. But I have gained weight, and I have gained weight during the fasting time. So perhaps my body has been acclimated to fasting, and it's not working. So I, I am worried because I'm three years away from what being what 157, but I am 44, and my metabolism is slowing down. And I think I am going to gain this weight, and I might gain more. And honestly, I don't know how to lose it like I used to. And I am a bachelor, and, and when I am in a good mood, I eat pretty well. My lunches aren't a problem because I always eat the blueberries and the nuts and the hard-boiled eggs. It's the dinner, and sometimes when I come home, I'll, especially if it's after working out and after uh, steaming, 
I tend to overeat. And we've talked about all the studies showing that how people overeat after they work out, either because physiologically their body's craving calories because they're hungry, or psychologically you think you can just overindulge because you just, you know, rode for 20 minutes, which probably burnt 250 calories. So I'm just going to eat these 2,000 calorie, you know, pints of ice cream or something like that. So on a good night, I mean, I eat my eggs with some chia seeds, sprinkle some cheese and turmeric, and then maybe have a smoothie with it. But now I'm in this phase where I'm getting a lot of cereal, cereal, and I'll eat like two or three bowls of it. That's not good, Gregory. That's not good. That's not good. I need to nip this in the bud. But I am worried because the window's closing. You know, I am getting close to 50, which I guess I'm not. I'm closer to 40, but I'm getting closer to that age. And I'm not superficial. I'm sorry. I'm not naive to think that if I'm wanting to date, that women are going to judge me by how I look. So it, it, it makes, uh, it, it is a, it is kind of imperative that I try to keep my mate, my weight in line and try to look good to attract the opposite sex. And I know that women aren't as looks focused as men are. They're more, uh, I guess, security based. So they, my bigger problem is just being a teacher that um, I can't tell you how many times I've been on, on online dating. And today, we're, this, this episode, we're not going to really talk about movies or anything like that. I think we're just going to talk about my online dating experience. I should have a podcast on my online dating experience. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be talking to these women and we're, we're getting along and, and, and everything's great. And then they ask what I do and I say I'm a teacher and then poof, it's like crickets. I don't hear from them ever again. And I really can't blame them because I've talked about in the past how men are wired to look at beauty first and then everything else later. And women are wired to kind of look at security first. Now, if you bring that up to a woman, they'll deny that. They're like, oh, I'm not a gold digger. I'm not... You know, I've dated unattractive men if they have a good heart. But this goes back to the Paleolithic era. I mean, women, we're attracted to the men who are the leaders and the ones that could provide for them and protect them and kill the saber-toothed tiger for them and provide them the, the, the best situation. And so they, they would give their fertility to that man. And so it makes sense. So that is kind of like uh, equated to, in today's era, to men who can provide them with uh, a better lifestyle. And men, of course, want to be with the most beautiful woman because uh, beauty is a sign of genetic health and that if you were to breed with that person, they would, you would pass on your genes to the best possible uh, person and have the best possible offspring. So again, it, it makes sense that way. And I think it's really important for both sexes to see that because both sexes are equally shallow, just shallow in different ways. And of course, feminists who are listening, they'll say, oh, Gregory, that's not true. I've dated many men, and I make more money than them, and I don't care. Maybe. Maybe you do. But maybe maybe you like the power trip over the guy who doesn't make as much money. I don't know. All I know is that I went off topic, and I totally forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yes, dating. So I know that it's important for me to (laughs) maintain some sort of shape because I already have the double whammy against me, which is I have a teacher salary. So like I tell my friends, I say, they'll ask like, Gregory, how's online dating? I say, online dating is great if you're very beautiful, very handsome, or very rich. If you're those three things, the swiping apps or Match or eHarmony, you're going to get a lot of hits. Think of it. If you're an attractive woman, you're going to get a lot of email from men. A lot of them are going to be penis shots, of course, or what up, or a lot of undesirable men. 
but you will get a lot of, you'll get, you'll get traffic and out of that traffic, you can sift out some quality men. And then from there, you can go from there. Same thing if you're a handsome man. If you're a handsome man, you're more likely to get the attractive women because we're all wired to be with the most attractive person. In double whammy, if you are rich, then that's even better. I mean, women who are attractive and attorneys are going to get double the swipes, just like men who are attractive and their CEOs. But everybody else, the mediocre looking, the mediocre salaried men or the unattractive woman, unattractive men, Online dating is like a constant reminder of how unattractive and un- undesirable you are. And it's, 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 it's difficult. It's, it's difficult to realize that you're undesirable and that you can't get des- what, what society would deem as attractive people and that you got to kind of lower your standards. And so this, this goes back to like the, the weight gain. You know, I, I, I still look okay, but I've gained weight. And... I don't know if I can curtail this or I don't know if I have the restraint to do it. I really don't know. I, I, I don't know if, if, if this is going to happen or not. But I've gone through these cycles before where I've gained weight. I, I've never proclaimed that I've kept off my 100 pounds 25 years straight. Most of those years I have or I lost it pretty quickly. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to lose the weight here, and I am a little concerned. But you know, you know what they say is like if I was really concerned about it, I'd go out of my way and do like a one of those thirty plans or go strict paleo, not eat any cereal or bread, bread or grains. I'm drinking a um, ginger right now. So it's all about having the restraint, having the restraint to to stop. And I notice, you know, the older that I get, it kind of reminds me of my childhood because as I mentioned in The Opposite Sex, which I think was probably episode 19, that I didn't get a lot of attention as a child, uh, as, a, as a teenager because I was fat. So the girls didn't give me a time of day. So I could see this full circle happening where I gain, you know, weight or all my weight back and then women ignore me. And it is, I was watching, what was the road trip to Rome or one of those, it, it's, it's, they're on Netflix. It has a... Steve Coogan and this comedian, they're British, and they take a road trip to Spain, they take a road trip to Italy, and they just do impersonations. And they're, they, they're in Italy in one of these scenes, and they're like 52, 53. You know, they're decently attractive men. And they, they, they make these comments because they're looking at this table of 30-something women, and they're saying like how these women don't even look at them. They just look straight through them like they're invisible. And I, I kind of feel that way uh, to a certain extent. And look, I am not an unattractive man. Uh, I think I'm relatively attractive overall, and I'm pretty articulate, and I'm pretty smart, and I think women like that. But I do feel that, like, I feel that already, where I'm reaching, you know, officially middle age already in the 40s. And I feel that there's times where, like, I'll see an attractive woman in maybe her late 30s, early 40s, and they just look right through me. And it, it is hard. And I imagine, I imagine what my life would have been like had I not lost the weight. And I've talked about this on pretty much every episode, uh, especially The Dark Night of the Soul, or the, or the one where I talk about how I was suicidal. And I have to count my blessings because the fact that I lost my weight, I was able to attract women that I normally would not have attracted. And I was able to have a life that a lot of morbidly overweight people never have. Uh, and a lot of, I have friends who are morbidly overweight and 
sadly, they go to prostitutes and strip clubs to get any, any sort of sexual, uh, physical intimacy because they can't get it on their own. And it's so sad. And so even though there's times where I do the pity party like right now and I have first world problems, I have to remember that I had 25 good years of, I mean, I don't want to say like having the normal life that a quote, quote, normal person would have, but I had a life that a lot of people who never lost their weight never had. And I have to remember that. And really, honestly, this podcast is just a a whining session because if I really wanted to lose my way and if I was really concerned about it, I would just stop eating the crap and lose it. And maybe I will, and I'll definitely give you up-to-dates on this. But I just think it's great how uh, it's just I've gone full circle. and, And I'm not saying this is like the beginning of the road for me gaining 100 pounds because unless... I have some cataclysm where everybody in my family dies or all my children are die or are killed or something like that or my legs are blown off and I can't work out. I don't see myself ever getting to be 300 pounds or anywhere close to what I was before. I don't foresee that. But I am definitely feeling my age in that I, I, I know Father Time always catches up to you. And to talk about the Super Bowl, which I talked about, I think, in the MPE episode, Tom Brady wants to play another five years, and he's 40, and he's trying to buck Father Time. And he's got his TB12 regimen. You know, that guy, I mean, if you think the whole 30 plan is, is rigid or paleo is rigid, you should look at Tom Brady's diet plan. I mean, it is super rigid. But he can't beat Father Time. At the most, he can prolong He can prolong the aging, but you can't beat father time. And the thing is, I am 44, and I'm pretty vigorous for my age. I have a great resting heartbeat, and I can outrow pretty much anybody, and and I am in very good shape for my age in terms of, like, cardio health and all my blood work and all that. But I can't beat beat father time. And I, I am feeling those pangs of mortality where... In addition to just like younger women not seeing me, I realize I'm getting close to 50 and I worry that I'm going to be single. But going back to that episode about how being overweight has affected my da- my, my dating relationships, you know, the, the coping mechanisms that I developed from being overweight have made, made me a little difficult to live with me. I've talked about my insomnia. I talked about uh, sleeping in separate rooms and just being an early bird and a clean freak. And I'm going to counseling for that. But, you know, these are things that I need to tackle because even if I do find the right woman, uh, you know, she's going to have to have to tolerate these things. And I, I don't know if I'm that good of a catch for a woman to have to tolerate that. So <laughs> this has become more of like reflections on the middle age dating rituals or the rituals of a middle-aged man. So, But I do want to admit that I'm honest, that I have gained some weight. I have a little pooch. If any of you who work with me uh, would probably know this and not say anything, but uh, I'm just, you know, I'm struggling with it. And I'm trying to deal with it the best that I can. And, you know, we're, we're creatures of routine, so I'm going to continue to fast, and I'm going to continue to try to do the biohacks that I've always done that have helped with weight loss. But maybe, maybe the, I've burnt the last, you know, log of wood on the fire, and, and this is it, and this is it. So before I end here, if you could go and post a review on Confessions of an Obese Child on iTunes or wherever you listen to this, that would be great. It would only take you two minutes, and it would mean a lot to me. And, of course, always go post reviews on Kate's Apothecary or MP Radio. Guys, take care. Happy Valentine's Day. If you're single, 
Don't be depressed. Because believe me, a lot of married people wish they were single. And then a lot of single people wish they were married. So it's one of those grass is greener kind of things. But I think a sign of a good relationship is that you don't lose your autonomy, you don't lose your identity, and uh, you're not with someone who's very, very controlling. All right, guys, until next time. Take care. God bless. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Make sure to visit us at www.naturopathicearth.com for additional confessions, wellness articles, recipes, and a whole lot more. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Naturopath Earth. See you next time.